Hi, I'm Sean Cleary. We design, engineer, and manufacture everything in-house so we can back up the promise to deliver the building of your dreams. Visit clearybuilding.com today. I swear, every senior got up, every kid in that room got up and gave me a hug. And then I saw the seniors congregate in the corner and they come over and said, Coach, will you coach us? You're listening to Barry Alvarez In His Own Words, a production of iHeartRadio. This is Matt LePay. We want to thank our supporting sponsors. Annex Wealth Management. Financial independence starts with a comprehensive plan that understands you and your priorities. Annex Wealth Management's team is ready to help consider all the complexities. Know the difference. Mueller Sports Medicine is proud to sponsor Barry Alvarez in his own words. For 60 years, Mueller has been developing better products to protect athletes and enhance performance. Learn more at MuellerSportsMed.com. Cleary Building Court, built with pride before the shamrock supply. Visit ClearyBuilding.com to explore our buildings. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Inc., where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Wheels Up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. Under Armour, the only way is through. Barry Alvarez, in his own words, as we continue our fun trip down memory lane of the last 30-plus years of Coach Alvarez as the Hall of Fame coach and athletics director at the University of Wisconsin. And as we start this week's podcast, go back to your retirement announcement on on April 6th, and you close your remarks by saying, I'm available for bowl games. That, that That was an awesome line, and I'm thinking... Hey, that's good to know because you've been there before. You know the drill. I know the drill. (laughs) I've handled it. It's like riding a bike, you know. But uh, I just thought that would be a fun way to cap it off. And I I love no one enjoys bowls more than I do. And and, uh, I I think back when I was 16 years old, I was a senior in high school. I turned 17 after the football season. I, I can remember walking home with one of my teammates talking about I want to go play in bowl games. When I go to college, I had some schools contacting me, and I was being recruited. I want to go where I can play in bowl games. And Nebraska just – they just beaten Oklahoma that year. Bob Devaney had turned the corner, and uh, they were going to the Orange Bowl. And I just – man, I thought that would be the coolest thing. And so that's what happened. That's, that's one reason that I went to Nebraska is because you had a chance. And back then, Matt, you got to remember – it was, you know, you start the day off, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Cotton Bowl first, then it was the Sugar Bowl, then it was the Rose Bowl, and then the Orange Bowl at that night. That's it. Yep. You had a couple other small, Tangerine and a couple other bowls. The Sun Bowl was around for a while. They were like offshoots, but the big ones on January 1st, there's four, and there weren't the 30-some that they have today, but... To get in one of those was pretty special. Yeah, I mentioned about the only one. I, I, the only other one I can think of that comes to mind was the old Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl. Yeah, I think New yeah. Year's Eve. I want to say maybe they. Played I think that, that was game. New Year's Eve. Played indoors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at the old Astrodome. But yeah, that was hard, hard oh, to get into bowl games. And tough to get in there, boy. You got to win your league. <laughs> you got to win your league. And uh, I was my freshman year in Nebraska. Freshman were ineligible. Nebraska played uh, in the Cotton Bowl. They played Arkansas on that team was Jimmy Johnson. I think Barry Switzer just was a GA 
that year. I think uh, Jerry Jones That's right. is on that team. It was an interesting game. It was, I think, uh, Nebraska beat Arkansas. My sophomore year, we were undefeated, played uh, for the national championship. That's the year Notre Dame and uh, Michigan State tied. And uh, they announced, and then Michigan State got beaten the Rose Bowl. UCLA beat them just before our game. We're playing in the Orange Bowl against Alabama, and they announced the winner of the game will be national champs. Mm -hmm. And we did not win. (laughs) And next year we played Alabama again in the Sugar Bowl. So, I mean, that's pretty good experience, you know and the way you're treated and I've always made it special and, and and made bowl games special for my players too. Always remember those New Year's days. I mean, you know, Lindsey Nelson would be calling the Cotton Bowl yeah. and on and on it would go. You'd get, you know, for years it was Kirk Gowdy, then Dick Enberg, and then the Orange Bowl at night, Don Crickey. But I the the, the the Rose Bowl is just growing up as a fan of the game, I always thought how cool would it be to to actually be in the stadium on the day of the game. And the you know, first time I was, probably mid-80s, when I was covering Ohio State, but with you guys. Uh, take us back to the first time you walked into that place and, and what that feeling was like. Well, the uh, first time for me was uh, 1981, 81 season, 82 Rose Bowl with Iowa. I really, I, you know, you're not thinking about it. You go through your prep. We, we really had a poor preparation. Uh, we played a really good Washington team, and John, Don James had a really good plan that I, I ended up studying, and and stealing from. But I'll never forget when you walk out of the tunnel, and it's a beautiful day, and you, I always remember the three palm trees up over the scoreboard, the mountains, San Gabriel's uh, looking at you, and it, and I and, and the field is so beautiful. I've always said that's the it's the prettiest venue in all of sport and uh it'll take your breath away and all of a sudden you're in the middle of the first quarter and you think oh i'm in the middle of a game here you know if you don't watch yourself so i I learned from that first time you know we went again in 85 we were a better team but got beat when i was at iowa and then so i had a really good plan you know i learned some things from lou and and learned some things from watching don james prep for a rose bowl and so when we went I, i had a really good plan I remember um, when Jim Delaney spoke after you, after you coached your last home game here in 2005, and he talked about how you know Big Ten had had trouble in the Rose Bowl and in bowl games, and he really appreciated you because you guys didn't have trouble. <laughs> you, yeah. you you won those games, and I guess it's always been a mystery to to you know Big Ten fans of a certain age. You know the the, the Schembechler, Woody Hayes era. Um, they didn't have a whole lot of success. No, they didn't. We went a lot of years, and I, I can remember. You know, every year when Ohio State would go, or Michigan would go, they'd try something new. You know, they thought they were getting having too much fun. You know, so Woody put him in a seminary. You know, in the middle of nowhere, uh, which is which is the worst thing to do. You've got to re- reward your players, not punish them and think are just going to focus on football like two a days. I tried, as I said, I tried to learn from Don James and and the first time we went out there we both went on the 17th of December because neither neither school had an indoor facility school was out and we went right to where you know this we had the same whole Huntington Sheridan uh, right in Pasadena we stayed there the whole time it was we were right into 
like a week of the game as soon as we were there. It's get up early in the morning, have a big breakfast, meetings, go to practice, hurry up practice, finish practice, hurry up, jump in a bus. You know, he told them what to wear, and we all wore the same sweaters, and they were getting funky after about – or the same warm-ups uh, after about – three or four days loading up in the buses and players are all grumbling and now you go to Disneyland then you go to Knott's Berry Farms and you know Hayden thought we're going to show him everything but guys I'll never forget Bob Stoops saying to me after about five days coach can't we just go back to the hotel and lay by the pool we're worn out and uh, and I'm watching and you know Washington even isn't in town yet mm. they're in Anaheim you know, and as I visited with them, they get every every four guys have a car. They have no hours. They're practicing at three in the afternoon. So they're on their regular routine. You know, they they can go out and have fun at night. They can sleep late, practice when they did it, you know, when they were home going to school. And the week of the game, they come to Pasadena. Now they start you go to all the functions that you're supposed to. You see, you know, you go to the Beef Bowl and at Lowry's. You go to Disneyland and you go to all the other things. A couple of days before the game, you start squeezing it down. They're, they're worn out. They want, they want to be back in their rooms. And so I modified that schedule for, for a week or 10 days, and that's what I did. I, no hours early. Let them go, take them to everything, and I make them go. Don't be like me, a knucklehead that from Pittsburgh that, you know, I want to go to the dog track when I, we were in or, down at the Orange Bowl. I wasn't going to the functions they were paying for. So everything we pay for, you go to. And, uh, and then squeeze it down a few days before the game. And we always are, and, and make it a big deal. That's, that's another thing. Teams change. Teams change from the season to the bowl there are a lot of things going on your seniors are worrying about the draft or getting they're graduating there, there are a lot of things happening is this game important you have to make it important for them and uh, let them know it's going to be a good experience always thought specific to the rose bowl games especially your teams were underdogs i think in the the two uc two or three games yeah. and then you know the whole craig james thing which was awesome as it turned out <laughs> but after the 99 season and the 2000 Rose Bowl, that, that wasn't the case, right? Because you guys were rolling, but it was also, what, a six-week gap? Because you guys were done with the regular season finished in early. November. So that was a different kind of challenge. Yeah, we had, you know, we had two of those years. I, If I'm not mistaken, we played straight through. Mm -hmm. We had no bye weeks, and we were finished early. So, yeah, we had a long time, a long time off, and that's the way we started started the 2000 game. That We got their attention at, at the half. And uh, Ronnie opens the second half by breaking one for about 60. And that just that, that got us going. I always think of the Keith Jackson because they yeah. play the clip all yeah. the time on the instance. You do you not do. want them in your secondary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There may not have been a more accurate statement in the history yeah. of college football than, than what he what he said that day. So yeah, that um, the the getting the attention that players I, I would imagine to this day. Well, in fact, I know they do to this day. Tauscher and I would kind of laugh about it. That that must have been one of your better. Better talks. It, it had well, I had a, I had a prop with me. Um, I had a cane. I, you know, remember I. That's right. I just had a knee replaced mm -hmm. right after the Ohio State game. I went to have my knee replaced, and it was infected. They couldn't they couldn't put the metal in it. They just sewed me back up. I came back, and he said, I won't do the knee unless you stay in the press box. So during the week, I'd have a cart driving around practice, and for the games, I'd go up to the press box, and so. Um, 
I decided at the Rose Bowl, I'm, you know, I'm going down. I'm going to be on the field. I just take a use a cane. Well, we were sleepwalking the first half, and I was so upset. And I walked in that locker room. I grabbed the that cane like a baseball bat. There was a big <laughs> garbage can there, big plastic garbage can. You know, the guys are talking. Normally, you split. Offense goes one side, defense goes the other. Coaches, we meet first. But before I met with anybody, I hit I hit that garbage can so hard, sent it sent it flying. But it sounded like a bomb went off there, <laughs> and I unleashed on them for a while, just to get their attention before. The coaches came back with the adjustments for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> that team, though, you guys, I know there had been a couple losses early in the year, the one at Cincinnati and then the Michigan game. But I, I thought at the end, Barry, that that might have been as good a team as, as you had the way it was playing at the end. And certainly as good a team as there was in the country yeah. at that time. Well, you know, we, we really, you think about the players. You had two first-round offensive tackles. The whole offensive lines played the NFL or played professional football. You, you got chambers out wide. You got, I mean, we, we really, really had a, a good team, really good running backs. Uh, defensively we could heat you up didn't have the real fast corners where we could play bump and run but defensively we're going to we're going to get pressure on you uh yeah by the end of the year and then that's the first time we had a, a dual threat quarterback where mm -hmm. brooks could pull it down and run and, and hurt you with his feet besides being able to throw it yeah he was he was terrific i should probably circle back because i'm i'm thinking that there were people listening to this series who maybe more casual in their Badger following. And even if you're not, it's still a fun story to circle back to. I mentioned Craig James, your 98 team, which was rolling. The defense was ridiculous. Ron, Ronnie was having a, a big year. You had Mike Samuel. But that was that when you guys had beaten Penn State and, and qualified for the Rose Bowl, that was the Craig James statement. This is going to be the worst team yeah. to represent in, in the Rose Bowl Um of all time could not have put couldn't have put it on a platter any better for you and your yeah. guys i guess right you know the way i operate that i couldn't have paid anybody to, to, i would have paid him to say that uh, that's perfect you know you, you played the no respect card with your team and you can you can get them focused you can get them zeroed in on the game make the game important and and again as i said bowl games you have to treat them they're different and so that made it important to us and and then we we went in with a chip on our shoulder and you know the rest is history <laughs> had it not were had it not been for a bad uh, center qb exchange i think yeah. ron would have had the rose bowl oh. record and the game would not you would not have needed wendell bryant to make that make, sack at the yeah. end right yeah we had um we we had an isolation play called and it is blocked i mean ronnie's looking at the end zone it's a it's going to be a 50 60 yard run and i, I don't know whether the ball didn't get up or Mike pulled out too soon, but uh, the ball flies out of there and we lose a fumble. And when we're icing the game, but he's going to score a touchdown on that play and break, break all the records. It might have been the most emotional I'd ever seen Ronnie on the field because he was hopping, yeah, hopping, yeah. hopping, man. Yeah, because he saw, he saw the <laughs> hole. It was there. By that time, they had some guys that were ducking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, and that they secondary like, did not want to tackle no, Ron they, anymore. They, they didn't want Ron in that secondary either no. in the 99. But, yeah, that offensive line, you know, you had Gibby and Mack. 
Aaron Gibson, Chris McIntosh, that, and then Mark Tauscher the following year, Casey Robach in the league, Bill Ferrario, Dave Costa. I mean, you've had a lot of really good and great offensive lines. That, uh, that was and they, they played, they didn't miss a snap. Those guys, Mac, I think he broke his foot and just had him in the first game when we were out in San Diego. They had him tape it up. He didn't miss, you know, maybe missed two snaps. That was it. But those guys could work together. Uh, they were really, you know, their combination blocks and everything, they were crisp. They knew how to count on one another uh, coming off of blocks. And they were a little ornery, too. They were, yeah, especially Mac. Because yeah. that opener, it was, he tore up his hand, too, right? He had a thumb, I want to say, in the San yeah. Diego State. Yeah. And you're thinking, boy, how many weeks is this going to be? And, and he had other thoughts. Yeah, and no. expressed such thoughts. No. Didn't miss a practice. He ain't gonna miss a practice. He ain't gonna miss a game for sure. <laughs> no, it was it, just remarkable memories, and it just it never it never gets old. I, I can tell you, having been out there in in April on a Brewers trip, you walk, you just take the walk down there, and there is just there is nothing like the venue of the Rose Bowl, yeah. the neighborhood, and, and everything with it. That whole the whole ground as you're driving to it, mm -hmm. driving down that canyon. It's just, it's magnificent. Yeah. I mean, it's just and you know who else talks about it like I do. It, it just it is Rick Neuheisel. Yeah, you know, and he coached. I mean, he played there. He played in the stadium, but it wasn't painted like it's painted for for the Rose Bowl game. But Rick talks about it. anytime you bring they, they bring up the Rose Bowl or bowl games on his radio show. And I, by the way, I think he does a really good job. Yeah, but he talks about the Rose Bowl just like I do, and he recognizes that I I have great. You know, a great love for the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he does. Full ride. Sirius XM. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy listening to him. We'll have more with Barry Alvarez in his own words after this quick break. The question hounding most folks thinking about or in retirement is, do I have enough? Annex Wealth Management asks, do you have enough comprehensive planning? Your plan should consider far more than today's markets. Financial independence includes details like rising health care costs, tax planning, and how much risk you'd like to encounter. When you're ready for answers to tough questions, to take a serious look at where you are and where you're headed, let's talk. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. At Clary, our foundation is built on two simple facts, great people and the highest quality product in the market. To join the Clary team, visit careersatclary.com. Mueller Sports Medicine was founded more than 60 years ago by former University of Wisconsin basketball player turned registered pharmacist Kurt Mueller, who coined the term sports medicine. Mueller has been developing better braces, supports, and tapes to protect athletes from injury and keep you active in the game of life. Mueller Sports Medicine products can be found in training rooms across the world with a presence in more than 100 countries. It's also expanded into the overall health and wellness segment for all audiences. If you're active and looking for the right brace, support, or tape to perform at your best, Mueller Sports Medicine is the right brand for you. Look for Mueller Sports Medicine products in Walmart and Walgreens stores and online at Amazon and MuellerSportsMed.com. We continue with Barry Alvarez in his own words, talking about the Bulls' success, and there was a lot of it in his time as the Hall of Fame coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. The Rose Bowl games are, you know, those are obvious, but Barry, you've, you've always said all Bulls are good. You embrace them. And, and just from my view, and yours is going to mean a lot more, I thought there were certain Bulls, and what comes to mind for me are the Alamo and the Sun, where it looked like one team 
embrace being there and the other team maybe not so much with Colorado and UCL. Did you get a sense of that as you were going through the prep? Um, no, okay. I, I really didn't. I didn't pay attention okay. uh, to, you know, what their mindset would be. I was more concerned with ours. I knew if, if, if our guys were excited about playing, then we'd get a good effort and we got a chance. But I found out later, uh, Gary Barnett and I were visiting, and he said, I try to tell my team, I've played against these guys. <laughs> I mean, you're in for a fight. He said, they, you know, that was a really a good Colorado team. I, I can remember, Matt, watching them play on Thanksgiving Day against a very good Nebraska team, and it's 21-0 first quarter, and Brian Calhoun's running all over the place. Yeah. He's a freshman. He's a true freshman. And uh, so I, I knew they were very, have a very good team, and I think they underestimated us. Uh, even though Gary told him, "Hey, these cats are going to come in and smack you now. <laughs> don't don't underestimate them." And I think there was a, you know, it was a classic deal during the week. You're in, in San Antonio, and you know they're on those boats, yeah, the river walk, the yeah. river walk, and and you know, I I think our players sensed that there wasn't a lot of respect and. Uh, and then we open up. They, 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 they run the opening kickoff back, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah they go. You know, that, that puts you in a hole to get started. That's always hard to overcome. But what a great game. Brooksy played great. You know, that it was, it was a heck of a win. But yeah. that was a very good team. Yeah, some of the clutch throws. I mean, some fourth down conversions that, that, that Brooks hit. I mean, if they if those aren't converted, game's over. Yeah. And, and Darren Charles makes yeah. a big catch. We drop a lot of them on the side. We haven't dropped a lot of first down mm -hmm. throws that he put on the money. But yeah. Darren made a – I can remember, I can vividly remember it's fourth down and one of my coaches up in the box said, call timeout. I said, no, no, don't, I don't want to give them a chance to regroup on the sideline. Make them play with who they have on the field. Get me a call. Get the ball down the field. Mm -hmm. um, but let, don't give them a chance to regroup and, and come up with something. And uh, sure enough, that's when – we we hit Darren on that on that post and big play takes takes us down in scoring territory. I always think too the Sun Bowl in El Paso because I, I I think the organizers love the Badgers being they down did. there and uh, and I think of Jamar Jamar Fletcher because UCLA they were you know they had great receivers you know like Freddie Mitchell. Um, yeah. Danny Farmer that you guys had faced a couple of years prior. But those were the kind of duels that a guy like Fletch just thrived on. Fletch right? liked those. That's – am I mistaken? Didn't we just play them in the Rose Bowl the year before? Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, a lot of the same guys. I tell you, so Terrell Fletcher's brother, Brian, was a tight end on that team. That's right. And he and, and uh, Jamar were were teammates. We didn't we didn't recruit Brian. We should have, but we didn't. He ends up at UCLA, and uh, of course he's a talker. Our Fletch is a talker, and they're <laughs> chirping before the game. They get in a fight. You know, both teams get in a fight. So the official comes in to me at half or before the game, and he said. I've threw a, thrown a flag. We're uh, on UCLA for starting the fight. Uh, we want to kick number 85 out of the game, uh, and you'll start with a 15-yard penalty. I said, stop. I said, wait a minute. I said, that's a Fletcher kid, right? I, I said, listen, they're good people. I know the family. <laughs> Let that boy play. <laughs> I said, let him play in the game. That's not right. This is a bowl game. I have no problem, but I will take the 15 yards. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I was going to say that's uh, <laughs> yeah, not so fast on that. One. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, that I don't know if people know that. Yeah, that's that's no. good. That's a good yeah. story. Uh, but those are the I mean those games, and I think two of the of the Copper Bowl, which would have been Ronnie's first, right? Uh, oh yeah, ninety six out in Tucson, and you know the the hype going into that. Ma- Fala. Yeah, I spent I don't know how how much time I spent getting the name right. Chris Fuamatu Maafala. He didn't play very long in that game. He got no. hurt, and Ron ran it. wild. We, you know, that was one of the ones. That, so, this is how you play head games in, in a bowl game. You know, we're playing um, Mac. Uh, their head coach was an assistant here. Yeah, McBride, Ron McBride, Ron McBride, yeah. and 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 players loved him. People love Mac, and he's a great guy and a good football coach. But I, I knew. You know, going in, he's got a little chip on his shoulder. He has some things to prove. And so everything we did, I made Gibby get out front, get the biggest guys I got and stick them out in front. <laughs> and the first day we got there, and I would I would do this every bowl game. Our first practice, we're going full pads, and I'm going to I'm going to start with a goal line <laughs> scrimmage just to set the tone, just to set the tone. But I kind of fudged that a little bit, and I told the players, I said, we're going to go for about, you know, we'll, we'll go live, we'll put it on the goal line, but we're only going to go about four plays. I just want to get get your pad set, get the mood set, but four plays. But tell the media we had a scrimmage. <laughs> when the media comes in, tell them we had a scrimmage that we're, you know, we want to be physical in this game. We know they're physical. So Max reading this. Then I find out he's beating the heck out of his guys at practice because he's got a he's got a match. Well, there's nobody going to put up with getting banged around in, in bowl games, and so I thought that that gave us a little edge right there. And then then everything we big get me back then was 400 pounds. He'd he'd get out in front and he he'd like he was a representative. He was I think he was a backup then, and. And, but I wanted them to see the size of some of our guys. And I, I think that they went into the game intimidated. And Maafala didn't last, I don't know, a few snaps. Yeah, not very not long. And then not Ronnie long. ran up and down. We, they couldn't get the ball back from us. No. Yeah, that was dumb. We, I think we, we had one completion for nine yards. And it was a – I'm trying to think of his name. Brown, um, Dem- Demetrius Brown mm-hmm. ran the wrong route. Yeah. Okay. That's our only okay. completion. <laughs> I think he was one. Matt, or Sammy was one for seven or one for nine, for, for nine yards. <laughs> Ran a little bit. And it, uh, I gave that team a lot of credit though, because that was. I mean, you guys had you know multiple oh. gut punch losses, right? And the wheels really could have fallen off, but they didn't. Yeah. Those guys. They wanted. You know, that's. You look at that team. That's that's Tarek and that's that's Derek Engler and and. A lot of, I mean, a lot of good linemen and bunch in that. T- I mean, there was, you know, that's that group sitting, you know, on my wall over here. Yeah. And, uh, and they did. They lost. We lost some really tough games. We lost that, you know, the fumble late with against Northwestern. Penn State was, they were a top 10 team, maybe a top five team. Yeah. And we have a, 
knockdown drag out here. It's 34, 31, game. something like Great that. Great and game. That's when Paterno t- called me the next week. They hadn't practiced yet, and it's Wednesday. <laughs> he said, "I just we just had a meeting. We're changing how we how we recruit. We're not going after these small, fast guys. Yeah. You, I mean, they, we we're so beat up after playing you. Yeah. The next week they went out. They couldn't even they couldn't compete the next week. So that that changed their whole philosophy on how they recruit guys to play in our league. I always think some of those guys you mentioned. I think of Pete Monty, one of the really good linebackers." Backers too, oh, I yeah. think, on, on, on those teams in, in that time. But let, let's jump ahead because at the beginning, we go back to your retirement announcer uh, announcement uh, telling everybody that you're available for bowl games and because there's a history of it. Um, take us back to uh, the end of 2012 uh, when Brett, when Brett Bielema was coaching, you know, the Badgers just boat raced Nebraska in, yeah. in a Big Ten championship game. And then a couple of days later, you find out there's some news to be had, right? Yeah, I uh, Brett shocked me. I mean, I, that was a total ambush. Um, he and I were uh, together after that the championship game. Uh, we were going to meet in, I think, uh, Sunday or Monday. Both were, of us were going to New York for the Hall of Fame induction, and, and he and I were to meet for dinner. I think it was Sunday night. He didn't. He doesn't show up. I didn't get a call from him. Monday, I get a call Monday morning. He needs to talk to me. Comes to my room and and uh, tells me he's leaving. I mean, I, I was shocked. I was shocked. He told, and, and the deal's done already. He said I I wasn't going to give you a chance to talk me out of it. And so now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. You know, and I can't. I, I can't. Rem- I think he he must have met with the players because because he he ended up um, while I was in New York I got a call from uh, oh Mike Taylor yes. Mike Taylor yep. who Mike Mike doesn't say say much mm-hmm. really a good player tough as nails yeah have a lot of respect for him I get a call from I'm looking it's Green Bay area code on my phone I'm in New York who is this Who's, and it's Mike Taylor coach we're just talking uh, it's real short we're just we've been talking as players seniors we want you to coach us in the Rose Bowl <laughs> what we want you to coach us well okay so the, you know I'm thinking to myself the players want you you know that's why you're in this business so um, here we go. Get the whistle back out. <laughs> what, what, what did you, obviously you had a message for the team, but you had a coaching staff too. All of a sudden they're in yeah, this limbo. Was, this, this was the hard part. And, um, you know, some of them, Matt Canada had a, you know, had, Brett had promised him that, that uh, he was going to stay here, and I think I, I don't. I think he was talking about a multi-year contract, but hadn't written one for him. And I, I told Matt, Matt had moved his family here and uh, bought his ex-wife a home, uh, his his, you know, so he could be with his kids. And uh, I couldn't promise him that whoever I hire would would keep him on. And so he, he really, he struggled with that. And I, I can understand that. That's, that's a tough deal. And so he was really struggling. Uh, some of the other guys, you're, you're trying to figure out. Now, we just blew Nebraska out of the stadium. And now we've got to start thinking about our next job. That's, that's a tough deal. But, you know, for the most part, the, the, the coaches, and I had to rely on them. 
you know, I, I relied on them. You know, I, I, I handled the kids as far as, you know, trying to get them right mentally and, and organization for the bowl and, and, and so on and so forth. But I, I, I told the coaches, I'm going to have to rely on you for the game plan, et cetera. If I had that to do over again, I would have gotten more involved with the offense because I thought Stave should have played more. Yeah, he threw one and, ball. And throw it, throw it and being able to yeah. throw it down the field more mm -hmm. because, you know, I think he threw one and hit Abby in the hands in the end zone. Yep, yep, and just yeah, popped out. Kurt Phillips, I give him all the credit in the world because yep. he battled through sheer will. Yeah, He got absolutely. through the season, had a ton of injuries in his career. But Stavi was the. Thrower. But you could crowd the line of scrimmage yep. with him, because he can't. He didn't have a real strong arm at that point. I know a couple completions could have very that we had could have very easily been picks in that game. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, Stavi could have at least got it down the field and and spread people out, because they were crowding it because they were they wanted to stop that jet seat sweep with Melvin. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think. I could have done a better job, but I did learn from that. Yeah, let's jump ahead. Speaking of which, because I, I, I just sensed what, you know, you're, you're always excited to coach, especially in the big games. And when, when Gary Anderson left after the Big Ten championship game, you're up for the, for the Outback Bowl. And give us an idea of, of how you, what you learned, how you changed yeah. that second time around. Well, it was the same. I'm in New York again for the Hall of Fame. And Walter Dickey calls and said, uh, Gary Anderson wants to talk to you. But he wants to talk to you face to face. I said, I'm sitting here at LaGuardia. My plane's delayed. I don't know when I'll get back home. Uh, I said, put him on the phone. And Gary gets on the phone and says, Coach, uh, I'm leaving. I said, well, where are you going? I mean, I'm leaving, leaving. I'm going to Oregon State. I've agreed to take the job. Okay, call a SAP. I call team meeting in about two and a half hours. I'm just hoping that I can get out of here and within a half an hour, we're, we're a little late leaving right now. I'll come straight to the meeting room. So sure, and the players are on there, they're waiting. And uh, so I come in, I, I sit in, in the corner and Gary, Gary walks in and says, uh, this is never easy, but I'm leaving. Um, I'm going, I love you guys. I appreciate you. I'm going to Oregon State. Turns around and walks out. Oh, I'll be in the office tomorrow. I'll be packing tomorrow between uh, 11 and 1 if you want to stop by and <laughs> say goodbye. And he walks out. That's my intro. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, I'm looking at the players. So you put seniors in front, juniors behind them, sophomores behind them, freshmen in the back, seniors they're they're callous man <laughs> this is, that really this didn't before. bother them yeah they, they know this act they they it didn't bother them juniors didn't bother them much sophomores a little rattled some of the freshmen were really shook yeah so gary walks out and i just i go i go up and and uh and i just told him i said listen don't be afraid to change this is a life lesson for you guys uh, don't be afraid to change you're gonna have to deal with change the rest of your life so embrace it embrace it now you have to trust me I'll promise you that I will hire you a good football coach and I promise you you'll have a good bowl experience and uh, then as they come up I swear every senior got up every kid in that room got up and gave me a hug and then I saw the seniors congregate in the corner and they come over and said, coach, will you coach us? Now, I've got another problem. I've got my grandson, Joe, on the team mm -hmm. who didn't, almost didn't come here because he, he didn't want anybody to think he was going to get preferential treatment um, with me here. And so I, I knew that Joe was very sensitive about that. 
So I said, guys, you know, we tried this before. I, I'm not sure. And they said, coach, think about it. And I said, okay, I'll meet me in my office tomorrow morning. Let me think about it. So I, what I wanted to do was call Joe. So on my way home, I call him and, uh, you know, I tell him seniors want me to coach the game. Do you have a problem with it? He said, Grandpa, I think it'd be awesome. And besides that, we need a little swagger on the sideline. <laughs> I said, oh, I could do that, Joe. And uh, so I, I told the guys, they were waiting in my office next morning when I showed up. I told them that I'd go ahead and do it. I said, but I'm going to tell you this right now. Not they, Unlike the previous time, this group just got thumped 59 nothing. Yep. So you got a couple problems you have to deal with here. And this is the way I'm thinking. I got to get their get their confidence back. So I said, listen. First of all, I learned from that last one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in the middle of this, and and I want you guys to understand something. We're gonna do if I I'm gonna do this, but we're gonna win the damn game, and I'm gonna change how you've been doing things. I'm going to change how we practice. Your practices all of a sudden are going to be more physical now. <laughs> We're going to have an inside drill every day. And I'm going to teach you how to be more physical. And we're going to change how we lift. Now, I don't know, and you can't get stronger in three weeks, but I'm telling them they're going to get stronger because how we were lifting is going to be different, and we're going to be more physical because that's how we're going to practice. And uh, they said, okay, that's that's fine. Well, We'll do that. So, so I was trying, you know, mentally, you know, and then then I have to address fifty nine nothing, guys. Sometimes that happens, you know, and, and just get, throw that game out. You've won a lot of good, a lot of games. You're a good football team, but this, and then I'm going to change. You're going to be different in this game. So that was the approach going into that game, and then okay. in the game, the game plan. I said, all right, here's what I want. I want a lot of motion. They had, if I'm not mistaken, their defensive coordinator took another job, maybe a head job or whatever. He left. So now you got a new D coordinator. So I said early in the game, what I want to do, I want to do some shifting. I want to change strength at least twice before the ball snap. Make them communicate it. Make, make the defense communicate it. Get them just a little unsure of communication. And you can always get a little easy dunk, an easy throw for Stavang. So we did that. We did a couple. I think we did uh, two of the first three plays. We threw. That's enough. That's enough throwing. <laughs> Start running the ball. Get Melvin. Get the Melvin. The ball. Get, Get the Melvin. Melvin. The ball. That's enough. <laughs> oh, and, and boy, was and that was a good decision. I mean, because he was ridiculous. They had a fourth and one near midfield. Yeah. You go for it. First down. Touchdown. Well, Boom. he. Right. You know, during that week same old deal you know you're going to all these functions with the with the opposing team and the auburn running back who's a good back mm -hmm. really good back he sees malvin and he tells malvin you know you know i see all your numbers that's no that's not doesn't impress me look at the teams you're playing up there mm -hmm. and look at the ones i'm playing against and you know he heard that from his coach and so <laughs> malvin told me that and i said hey don't worry about that, Melvin. I'm gonna I'm gonna lather you up in this game. <laughs> Had a great game. Overtime. Uh, Hoff makes his. Rafael Gaglianoni and their guy hits the upright. I mean, yeah. you, all bowls are good. You've cherished every wins. Um, that's got to be one of the oh, sweeter that was, ones. That was right? really sweet. Yeah. Come back and win that game. That was a good team. That was a good Auburn mm -hmm. team that we beat. Those guys. I think that's the team. 
they thought going in, they, they, they had a chance to win it all the year mm-hmm. before. That may have been the team that beat Alabama. Yeah. It was the same guys. Right. It was basically the same guys. They, but there's another case, you know, are they really fired up to go play in that bowl game? Right, you right. Know? So, um, but our, our guys really, they were fired up. They were excited to win the game. They were really, uh, it, it was a fun, that was really a fun game to coach and win. Yeah, you, got, you made the best of it. You know, Gary Anderson left and you know, didn't turn out to be a bad thing for the Badgers. You took over, win the bowl game. You get Paul Christ in line and like, okay, now return, kind of a return to stability yeah. right, with, with the yeah. program. Well, Paul, you know, the first thing Paul did, you know, he, Paul understood you know, our plan here, and it's with your in-state mm-hmm. recruiting first. Yeah. And I kept going back up, kept going, where are, the rec- where are the list of walk-ons? How many in-state kids? And you could see that it's getting smaller and smaller, and then I'm getting rumblings from high school coaches. They're not, you know, they're not getting any attention, and they're turning. They're sending kids elsewhere. Right. You know, that quarterback, Stanley at Iowa, and, yeah. and uh, the, the offensive guard who's, you know, he's playing in the NFL now, get, get from uh, Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, those guys, we, we're losing really good players and having to play against them, and, and it wasn't going the right way, and it was just going to get worse. So, Paul, you know, came in and, and put a stop to that and, you know, got his arms around the state again. Yep, uh, some great memories, those bowl wins, and a lot of them under uh, Barry Alvarez as the as the head coach and stepping in a couple of other occasions as well. Always fun, always fun going down memory lane and all the great wins in the history of Badger football. Wheels up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. With over 35 years' history of developing and managing exceptional residential communities throughout southeastern Wisconsin and beyond, our commitment to exceeding our residents' needs and expectations in everything we do is more than just a guarantee. It is the fiduciary difference. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Incorporated, where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Clary is growing because people are what we value most. So whether you are hammering nails or at our corporate office, we'd like you to join the Clary team. Visit careersatclary.com today. Everybody's got a goal, and everybody's got something standing in their way. To achieve that goal, you've got to put in the work. Grit your teeth, sweat, reach, grind, push. No shortcuts, no quick fixes, no answers in a book. There's no way around it. Under Armour. The only way is through. Special thanks again to our supporting sponsors. Annex Wealth Management. Financial independence starts with a comprehensive plan that understands you and your priorities. Annex Wealth Management's team is ready to help consider all the complexities. Know the difference. Mueller Sports Medicine is proud to sponsor Barry Alvarez in his own words. For 60 years, Mueller has been developing better products to protect athletes and enhance performance. Learn more at MuellerSportsMed.com. Cleary Building Corp. We protect what you value. Visit ClearyBuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Inc., where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Wheels Up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. Under Armour. The only way is through. Thanks to our production team, audio engineer Dave McCann and our editor, Mallory Pilon. A reminder that you can hear this entire series now. 
It's available from iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Matt LaPay, and we thank you for listening to Barry Alvarez in his own words, a production of iHeartRadio.